G'day mate, Ford here, Silent Manly, listening to Athenian Stranger talk here with Alex Kashuta. So apparently everyone's taken the knee, guys. Everyone's bowed the knee. Everyone's everyone's accepted the mark of the beast, but you and me. We're, we are the last two stalwarts. We're standing strong against the globalists. Just you and me, bro. I mean, this guy is a, a professor of classics, apparently. And uh, he's just like such a cliche of, you know, dissident right thinkers. It's, uh, it's kind of painful. You need to take seriously the business of reading good books uh, because in a world filled of bad things, of evil people, of monsters, really, uh, you're not going to find the heroes you want looking around you, but we've already seen everyone. Yeah, you can find the heroes you want looking around. You know, maybe start with your family, then move to your friends. Uh, and maybe move to your clergy, your religious community, uh, people you go to school with, people in your profession. Yeah, we can find people who are heroic in different aspects, but this idea that anyone is heroic as a totality is a delusion, right? We are situationally heroic. We all have situations where we can be heroic, but even the biggest hero in certain situations, in other situations, they're going to be weak and pathetic and awkward and dishonest, right? Or we can be our heroes in different situations and try to put ourselves in those situations that are most conducive to bringing out the best in us. Absolutely. Everyone uh, literally has bowed the knee, right? I mean, you watch all the football players, you know, take a knee for the national anthem and, you know, hold up a fist for Black Lives Matter. Everyone's bowed the knee, bro, but you and me, you know, we're, we're the last of the, the truth seekers. You know, we're the last of the, the good guys. You know, we're the last of the, the brave people. Look, taking a knee is performative, right? Everyone's taking a knee in church, right? When people take the knee in church, are they truly turning over their life to Jesus Christ? No. Overwhelmingly, the lives of American Christians are no different from the lives of American non-Christians of the same social class and education. So, taking a knee in church usually doesn't signify anything about someone, right? It's just something that you're socially supposed to do. It doesn't necessarily have any meaning, it's just what everyone around you is doing is what's expected. And so too, in certain sporting events with certain teams, it is socially expected that you take a knee. It doesn't actually mean anything, it's performative. You're going along to get along, right? You're not going to break up the unity of your team. And so you take a knee, right? We all do all sorts of things to just go along with the crowd, to just do what's socially expected. It doesn't necessarily mean anything greater than that. Kinds of crap. Uh, so these people are not heroes, they're cowards. Uh, so where can we find real heroes in a world that doesn't have any? Well, guess what? We're all cowards in some things. And uh, we all have the potential to be heroic in, in other things. Right? No one is... Uh, all hero and uh, no one's all coward right we have situations that bring out the best in us we have situations that bring out the worst in us we have situations in between depending on the situation we find ourselves you know, we'll behave better or worse well you're going to have to go back to books uh, sort of plain and simple yeah, I mean, this, these are all very uh, fears that, that I have for my son and you know, whatever maybe future children I'll have um, the idea that um, I think, you know, just knowing whatever genetic material I've... 
Right, we all have what our fears for our children. Parents 10,000 years ago had fears for their children. Right, we're in uncharted territory, guys. Yeah. Why are we in uncharted territory? Because we're different today than we were yesterday, and the territory is a little different today than it was yesterday. So the world's constantly changing, and so there are things that are new, and there are things that are continuous. There is the discontinuous and the continuous. It has always been thus, it will ever be thus. We are evolved to worry and care and be concerned about our kids. Right? It's the same 5,000 years ago, 500 years ago, and 50 years ago. You can always come up with reasons why the world's going to hell. You can also come up with reasons why the world's getting better. Right? Teenage pregnancy is way down compared to 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right? There are medical advances. And we have the internet. We have blockchain technology so we can speak freely on places like Odyssey. Right? There's always some ways that things are getting better, some ways that things are getting worse. And there will always be reason to worry about the people you care about. Right? When I'd have a girlfriend and she liked to bike down Santa Monica Boulevard, I worried about that. When I had a girlfriend and she took vacations to Mexico, I worried about that. The more you love someone, the more you're likely to worry about them. It's not because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. Added to the combination, he'll probably be someone who's a bit... Uh, at least it's contrarian. He's probably going to question whatever whatever comes his way that doesn't really fit the pattern or whatever he's noticing around him. But at the same time, my fear is that because... Yeah, almost all human traits are substantially heritable, genetic. So you're describing someone who's moderate to low in agreeableness, which uh, sounds like it's also true for the host of the podcast, Alex Gashuta. So yeah, different people have different personality traits. He, he's already kind of living in this world um, and he will have so much contact with technology and he will be living in this essentially space where he's been, been robbed of the possibility of an imagination. He'll be... Yeah, I don't know. I, I use the internet. I use technology. I don't feel like I'm robbed of the possibility of having an imagination. Uh, but if people start feeling stifled by technology, they'll, they'll rebel against it, Right? I'm not being forced to speak to you right now on YouTube. I'm not being forced right now to use technology. I'm not being strangled because when I go for a walk, the beautiful Manly to Spitbridge walk, I'm listening to a podcast as I go, a podcast by Alex Kashuta. I don't feel like my imagination's been stifled because of this technology. I don't feel like my humanity has been taken away from me. You know, I don't feel you know, gullible, so I'm just buying everything that's being said on these podcasts completely different kind of human i feel like there my fear is that he'll be changed in an essence where he and what i've noticed about people who are of, of that generation or younger people even maybe my generation a bit younger who fall in really into the internet they, they tend to fall in on themselves they tend to just end up searching their inner world for some answers and then just walking in a circle uh, just not knowing what's wrong with them you know because yeah that's not generally true of people who are younger than you or people who grow up with the internet right that's an exaggerated perspective what you get from, from tv is essentially you know therapy culture the idea that um you know you you have to go on some sort of internal vision quest and if you you don't just get therapy culture from tv or, or from movies or from books or, or radio like psychology is, is pervaded our culture in many different ways and uh, there's a lot more on tv than just uh, therapy culture People aren't born yesterday, they're not gullible, they're not just going to mindlessly 
act out the programming that they see on TV. We're not programmed by Netflix. Netflix hasn't taken over our internal programming. It's an entertainment respite from reality that people may, you know, indulge in an hour a day. And then they go on and they make decisions. They're not just programmed by Netflix. You know, don't buy the zombie bite theory of information that once Netflix gets its claws into you, then you're just some helpless automaton. Automaton. Find what, you know, sparks your bliss, you know, find your calling, uh, whatever, find the best career for you, or just... Man, that's really secular, liberal perspective, right? A, a traditionalist perspective is not follow your bliss, but find your appropriate place in the wider order. Find your responsibilities. Do your duty, right? That's a trad approach to life. What's this follow your bliss? That's, that's some kind of secular, liberal perspective. Customize your personal experience in such a way you're gonna hit that that sweet spot and everything's gonna be perfect. Um, and I, you know, I've met people of my generation who I see walking in that circle. There's no way out of it. And I personally know that the way out of it is out of it. You need to get out of it. You need to do things in reality. You need to engage with what I call them embodied practices. I don't canning. Yeah. So yeah, Alex Kashuda and Athenia uh, Stranger, they know the way out of this circle. All these other people, they're just pathetic, just mindlessly acting out what Netflix has programmed into them. I suspect that the reality of these lives that she's observing are a little more complicated, complex, and rich than she is describing. Some vegetables are just, you know, going outside, digging around your garden, playing with your children if, you know, if you have them. So, stuff like this. Um, but if I... Yeah, revolutionary perspective. You should play with your kids. Sure glad I heard that. Now you're probably thinking, 40, this, this t-shirt, it's, it's very disrespectful. I see your man boobs. I don't like it. This to, to my friends, they're like, ah, that's not it. You know, that, that'd, be, that'd be too easy. Um, so I'm still, I'm going on a retreat. I'm going to, you know, have this, I have to be alone for two weeks. I'm going to figure this out. No, <laughs> you're not. You have to get out of it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's another just excellent point. And that's, that. Yeah, luckily we've got these conversations to save civilization. Did you realize you're stuck in the matrix and you have to get out? That's why a number of us, at least among my friends, uh, we emphasize things like exercise, athletics. Um, I'm a oh, wow. I didn't know that exercise and athletics was a good and important thing. Sure glad I tuned into this podcast, man. This really is saving civilization. Fan of, uh, well, I mean, I can sort of run down the list of all the things. <laughs> but I mean, that's, that's the point, though, is that uh, what happens when you're in this world of being plugged in all the time? You're literally just staring at screens all day for your entertainment. Uh, you know, I receive that notification at what, 9, 9 a.m. every Sunday that tells me how much time I've spent on my phone. Really, people just uh, plug into their screens all day for entertainment. I suspect most people have jobs. And uh, those who weren't you know, plugged into their screens you know, a few decades ago, they were, they were reading comic books can always criticize the entertainment choices of people who are less intelligent than you. It doesn't take a lot of brains or brilliance or insight to be able to do that. I can only imagine what these young kids, how much time they spend on theirs uh, or playing video games, which for the life of me, I'll never understand. Um, but that's, that's the thing, right? And so we have this kind of... Yeah, he doesn't understand the appeal of video games. Uh, there's nothing inherently bad about playing video games. They can be adaptive or maladaptive. Just like you can use religion in an adaptive or a maladaptive way, or exercise. You can do too much exercise, you can drink too much water, you can do too much meditating, you can do too much prayer. 
right? You can eat too much sugar. Right? There's nothing inherently bad about playing video games. And you're not a better person because you don't know about how to play video games. There's nothing inherently superior about not knowing anything about video games. Uh, by all standards, you look at the, the youth today versus the youth of a few decades ago, and the youth of today is simply effeminate. They're not, they're not these kind of athletes uh, who would love going. Yeah, for thousands of years, older people have been complaining that the youth of today, they're just, you know, they're just no good. They're not like the youth of my childhood. It's this kind of get off my lawn caricature. To the gym and working out. I mean, even even the physique competitors, uh, when you look at a lot of these physique competitors uh, in the fitness world, they're kind of, they're mostly like metrosexual. Uh, these are not the kind of people who would have been, for instance, like a Sylvester Stallone movie or something of the 80s, right? Uh, even if they're... Hope. For, for men who don't look like they'd be in a Sylvester Stallone movie of the 1980s, I guess there's just no hope for these blokes. Oh, no, man, it's kind of suspicious. Is it? Looks like you have eyeshadow on, man. Like it's like you know, great physique, but uh, dude, you're a man. You got eyeshadow on. Um, but but that's and all these things are problematic, right? But I think uh, that's another thing that's just important is to always, you know, just the same way you got to look. At... Yeah, and if a man wears eyeshadow, that's that's just the death of him, right? That's just the, the death knell of Western civilization, blokes wearing eyeshadow. Mind and the body are, are they're not separate. These things are unified. Uh, the healthy mind is not the one that, even in my case, would sit around and read books all day, right? I mean, you have to make time to do some kind of exercise, uh, you know, to, to find that harmony. That's going what a revolutionary perspective, right? You, you find plenty of people on the left, plenty of wokesters who say it's a good idea to get some exercise and to play with your kid. Like, there's nothing inherently revolutionary or reactionary about getting some exercise or playing with your kids. Make you more of a complete person, in a sense, a complete human being, a complete man, these, these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I worry about that because, you know, they've, they've found a way uh, to really monetize. Yeah, he worries about that because he's smarter and wiser and sharper and more moral, more morally sensitive, more ethical than we are. So he's worrying about all these things worrying about the decline of Western civilization because he sees the signs. He's more attuned to these fault lines in Western civilization than you are. Having kids and everyone really uh, plugged into social media 24-7. So it already is in many respects. Yeah, I, actually, I don't think there are any kids who are plugged into social media 24-7. The, the pod world, right, where everyone's sort of in their pod and stuff like that. You know, he sounds like David Brooks, who just makes things up and states them as facts. So you, you fact-check you know, David Brooks' articles or columns, and it, it's filled with sociological analysis that he's just making up much of the time, right? There are no facts behind what he's saying. It's just like making stuff up to try to make a dramatic point, to try to sound wise. And uh, it's like, oh, you can't, you, know, you can't spend over $20 at a restaurant in a, you know, a red state. Well, actually, you can. This kind of get-off-my-lawn caricature is uh, pretty pathetic here by a bloke called Athenian Stranger talking to Alex Kashutov. Yeah. And, and the, the, I think that the effeminacy seems, seems like, the, like a symptom that is, is everywhere, but it, it feels like it's, it's psychological on the one end, but it also feels like there's, you know, there's something in the water and I mean, depending on who you believe, there's literally something in the water, but this. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. The globalist elites, man, they're feeding us soy. They're turning us effeminate. 
you know, I bet many of these effeminate people that they're complaining about could absolutely kick their ass. Ah, Bell, what's up, bro? What is up, my man? Pointing at Art Bell. So here I am in Manly, Australia. It is 6.41 p.m. I believe it's January 12th, Thursday evening. Looking out at the great Sydney Harbour. Listening to Alex Kosciuta hosting a podcast. And the guest is Athenian Stranger. We're getting some reactionary classicism. So apparently this bloke is a professor of the classics. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like it's just a... Like, we're, we're evolving very fast in, in that direction. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Thomas777, as usual, said it best, that these, these Zoomers are just not horny enough. They, they'd rather they'd rather screw the, the Snorlax Pokemon. Or <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with kids these days. They're just, they're just not horny enough. Right? Remember the problem used to be they were too horny? Right? And uh, people were worrying they couldn't sleep at night because the kids were too horny. And it was going to bring down Western civilization because the kids were too horny and you had astronomical rates of you know, teenage births. Now we have crushed the teenage birth rate, right? We have kids having less sex than, than before. And I think that's probably good for Western civilization, for kids not to have sex outside of marriage and certainly not to give birth outside of marriage. So we've got these great trends in our civilization, but these caricatures of distant right thinkers all they can do is bewail this this trend that uh, kids are having you know less unprotected sex like one of my friends uh, met uh, on uh, on square he's always saying you know increase the fuck rate increase the fuck rate <laughs> yeah that's the solution to western civilization we uh, we really need to increase the fuck rate wow such uh, brilliant insights Thank God we got the distant right around to uh, share this wisdom with us. Man, this is why I tune into the podcast. We've got to increase the fuck rate among kids so that you know we can increase that out of birth lock, out of wedlock birth rate. Yeah, that would be really good for Western civilization. I mean, he's got a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> at least even uh, whatever in the in the early two thousands uh, when I was in high school, it, it did seem like. <laughs> teenagers were predatory but now i wouldn't i wouldn't even imagine these these teenagers doing anything this just seemed like oh so those were the better times when teenagers were more predatory that's what we need we need more sexual predators among teenagers that will really save western civ remember those good old days when teenagers were predatory i don't know despondent whenever you know because I, I live very close to the high school that I, I went to and maybe it's just my memory you know everyone seemed cooler and more hardcore when I was a teenager especially because metal was really on very popular back then so people were you know dressing very hardcore um but yeah it's just um doesn't doesn't feel like uh, doesn't feel like the same caliber of person um yeah I don't know it's, it's a bit it's a bit scary I don't even want to imagine just modeling another put another whatever 60 yeah you can always find reasons to be scared you can always find reasons why your generation is superior to the, you know, the new generation. They don't have to work very hard to think about how your cohort's better than the cohort coming down the pike. Oh, I'm so worried because I'm so wise. I see the fault lines in the death of Western civilization. On top and seeing, you know, what my what my son will be like as a, as a high school senior. Because at the same time, you know, I obviously am going to... What's primarily going to shape your son is his genetics. Right? It's not going to be Netflix, right? Netflix is not going to take over his internal programming my darnness to keep him maybe not away but at least very much aware of what's going on and try uh, parenting doesn't make that much of a difference in how kids turn out presuming you're not awful to your kids so you can have some effect 
on choosing their peer group by choosing you know, where you live, where you send your kids to school, but your peer, their peer group is going to affect them much more than you are. Uh, you know, creates a wonderful environment where he has access to all these wonderful things that we talk about. At the same time, he's his own man. He will be living, you know, maybe here in Romania, maybe in New Zealand. We're not sure it's my husband's from New Zealand, but he'll be in in the world. And that's that's always a big a big question for a parent, especially you know, uh, at the at the turning of regimes. <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting. Your son's an independent human being and will make his own way in life, and uh, probably not going to take instruction from his mother. Yeah, you know, I mean, this this whole thing with the regimes and everything like that. I mean, that's why I've, I've been doing this this kind of a series uh, on regime change in general, um, because I mean, again, this is, uh, and I think these two things are related. The technological revolutions that we're living through, um, going hand in hand at the same time with these just amazing political transformations that are happening before our, our, our eyes. That you know, of course, every everyone is saying they're not really happening, right? Which is so funny. You know, you can call America. A representative democracy all you want but that's not what we have the, the the teaching of classical political philosophy my area of expertise it's they're always emphatic that once you lose the institutions of education that's what your regime is you've lost your regime but when you oh we've lost our regime we've lost our representative democracy i don't know i saw a lot about representative democracy in the news recently i think uh, kevin mccarthy was elected to be the house of representatives majority speaker so it seems like we still got representative democracy going. That's not the only thing going. Yes, we are a representative democracy. And we have characteristics of oligarchy. And we have characteristics of aristocracy. And we have characteristics of dictatorship. And we have characteristics of socialism. And we have characteristics of capitalism. Right? We're not just a representative democracy. We're not just an oligarchy. We're not just a dictatorship. We're a complicated system along with every other functioning democracy, right? We have elements of dictatorship where the government can step in, take away all your rights in the name of a real or putative emergency. The President of the United States has all the foreign policy power of uh, King George III. He can start a worldwide nuclear conflagration, right? And at the same time, we have those dictatorial elements, and we have oligarchic elements, and aristocratic elements, and democratic elements, and socialist elements, right? United States is a complicated country, as is Australia and England, France and Germany. Lose education. It doesn't matter what else is going on anywhere else in the regime, on anything. You now have a new regime. And if you want to know what the... I don't know. When I was a kid, education trends, would fads would seem to change every day, right? Every day there seemed to be some new educational fad, all right? So education's been controlled by the left for a long time. I don't think that's something that's new. Somehow we've survived in the United States of America with the left controlling education, right? So we've survived for 60, 70 years with the left dominating the field of education. Now I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna keep going, all right? But yeah, every day is a new day. Like every day we're charting a new path because there are continuities and discontinuities with yesterday is that you're living in just look to the institutions of education because there's a reason people say kids are our future because they literally are um and so if you want to know uh the the status of your nation of your people uh just look what's going on in particular at the secondary schools but i mean all, all of them guess what when you account for race you know american schools are really really good They're pretty close to the best in the world when you look at test scores 
So when you divide them up by race, like Asians in America pretty much do better than Asians anywhere else in the world. Blacks in America do pretty much do better than blacks elsewhere in the world. Our schools are doing a pretty doggone good job educating our kids. Our public schools, with the public school teacher unions, they're still doing a good job overall educating our kids, right? Uh, public school teachers aren't usually just what you see on libs of TikTok, right? Those are a few psychos, right? There are a few freaks in every profession. But uh, most public school teachers aren't uh, libs of TikTok teachers. The universities and everything. Every, everyone likes to point at the universities lately because they stand out the most, because they can get away with saying the most, uh, as if they're not somehow funded by the government or something like that. Uh, Rest in peace, Jeff Beck. All right, so I know he was a very prestigious guitarist. So I've heard a lot of you know, positive things said about Jeff Beck. Uh, he's, you know, he's high status, so no one appreciate Jeff Beck, his high status, the, all the cool people know and appreciate Jeff Beck. I just don't know enough about him. I, I don't think he ever did anything for Air Supply, did he? Rare rock guitarist to improve with age. Yeah, I only hear wonderful things about Jeff Beck. But uh, did he ever play with Air Supply? I tell you, I don't think he did. But secondary education is really where all that indoctrination is taking place. And if you were to look at any, you know, elementary school. Yeah, so in China, all right, you go to university, a third of your education is going to be in the works of Chairman Mao. I mean, that's hardcore indoctrination. So what American kids get at university and secondary school and primary school, you know, pales comparison to the indoctrination uh, Chinese kids get. So you go to a Christian school, you get a Christian indoctrination. Hey, you go to a secular school, you'll get a secular indoctrination. You go to a Jewish school, you get a Jewish indoctrination. But in the final analysis, people aren't born gullible. People will choose their own way in life. Right? We're not like automatons that uh, teachers just get their hands on us. So the Jesuits have a saying, you know, give me a child until he's nine and I'll give you the man. Well, it's not true. Like, it sounds good. And in certain circumstances, right, when you, when you have a unitary society that the Roman Catholic Church dominates, then, yeah, you can have more influence than a multicultural society like today. Right? Send the kid to Jewish, Christian, secular school. In the end, right, He's going to choose his own way. Yeah, Jeff Beck needed Luke's wise words. He may have been born gullible and to avoid air supply. Right, you can lecture kids. Kids are like rubber balls. You can push and push on kids and you think like you're shaping them. But as soon as you're gone, they're just going to resume their natural orientation, the orientation from their genetics and from their peer group. Right? Kids code switch. They speak one way to parents in the house, and then as soon as they get out of the house, they start speaking differently. I would always behave completely different outside the house than I did when I was at home. Right? So, kids these days, I think they're going to be all right. Let's say, what kind of regime are we living under? It would be a kind of leftist tyranny, uh, you know, run by a bunch of women. Yeah, so this is so typical with the, the alt-right. They want to convince us that we're living in a leftist tyranny that's as bad as the Soviet Union and North Korea and communist China, right? They're living in like one of the freest regimes that history has ever seen with incredible opportunities and there are so many great things going on right now in addition to a lot of bad things going on right now. 
but you have an opportunity to make a difference in the world, to get married, to have kids, to you know, live in community with people with similar values to you. You can form like a safety patrol in your community. You can volunteer. You can write a book. You can read a book. You can go live on YouTube. Right? There's so many great things available in the world today. And all these alt-right types, they're all like, oh, we're living in leftist tyranny that's just as bad as North Korea and communist China, bro. So bad. With blue hair, uh, yeah. you know, telling all the kids that, you know, you can have as many genitalia or lack thereof as you want. 99.9% uh, .9 of school teachers don't have blue hair, don't tell kids they can have as many genitalia as they want. Right? This is a, a caricature. It's a tired alt-right caricature of public school teachers. Johnny Depp revealed Jeff Beck helped keep me alive. Oh, now we get to hear from all the celebrities who knew the real Jeff Beck. How cool is that? Uh, you don't like your you don't like your penis? Well, okay, uh, we can lop it off for you. Uh, give... Yeah, I'm going to wager that 99.99% .99 of public school teachers don't tell kids if you don't like your penis, we can lop it off for you. Right? This guy is completely detached from reality, which is not a traditional value. Right? This is just a tired old, get off my lawn, kids, kind of ranting by someone who apparently stopped thinking many years ago. China, uh, I fully expect at any point, at any day now, uh, there's going to be a kid, because again, this is, this is the blessing and the curse of children is that they're daring. Uh, there will be someone, there will be some young kid who's going to drop trowel uh, in front of his class and say, look, I got two. Uh, I don't have just one penis, I've got two. Uh, and look, there's one in front, there's one in back. Uh, I can do all kinds of stuff that you can't do. Uh, and that's, you know, it's going to be the latest fashion. Point. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to bet that having genitalia in the front and the back is not going to become the latest fashion. I, I don't think kids, by and large, are going to be dropping trowel in front of class and boasting about their multi-genitalia. Right? Most public school teachers are not like the teachers on libs of TikTok. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, <laughs> any anything's possible at the moment. Uh, and uh, I mean, the fact that you you know you say listen. No, anything's not possible at the moment. We're all limited by reality. You know who's the boss? It's not the public school teachers. It's not the public school teacher unions. It's not Joe Biden. The situation's the boss. Since 1945, the UK has 83 military interventions. Who knew? How blessed! Just making the world better, one military intervention at a time. It feels to me, in, in many ways, that it kind of has to be a tyranny because uh, it really doesn't doesn't really self-propagate leftism, and, and, and just in terms of, of the actual ideas. Look, leftism and rightism are both evolutionary adaptions, and they've both proven themselves. There are 7,000 men in Israel that have neither touched the hand nor kissed the knee of Baal. Ah, ah. Half-Galician, quoting from, from the Bible. Okay, so left and right, all right, these are just evolutionary adaptations to a changing world. In some circumstances, you know, left-wing adaptations are more adaptive. And some circumstances, right-wing adaptations are more adaptive. Sometimes it pays off to be highly suspicious of strangers, and other situations it pays off to be much more open to strangers. Some situations you're better off you know, operating under strict hierarchy, which is kind of a traditional thing. In other situations, you're better off with a more egalitarian approach, which is a more left-wing thing. So, left and right, 
They're just ways that human beings have learned to adapt to changing, painful, difficult, challenging situations, right? And we're going to have left and right adaptations to reality, you know, left and right forms of politics for hundreds of years to come, right? We've had them for thousands of years because they have proven to be evolutionarily adaptive both the right wing and the left wing. We need both. It, it really has to be forced through because it laughs in the face of, of lived reality. The more we, we go away from lived reality, the more we can distance ourselves. Okay, that was from First Kings uh, 19, chapter 19, verse 18, apparently. So half Galatians bring in Bible texts. From the actual you know, facts of life, you know, facts of nature, uh, the easier it is to actually, you know, subtly force this stuff onto people. Um, Remember when the alt-right was exciting, when it was funny, when it was fresh, when it was amazing, when it was so much fun, when it was captivating and compelling and got your blood racing and it was just such a joy and now it's such tired old cliches by you know, these prematurely old people doing the equivalent of, hey kids, get off my lawn. I mean, this is such a caricature of, of tired old alt-right thinking. You said, you know, who owns the, the institutions of education? I mean, there's nothing more educational than media and Hollywood. And that's that's where I got my education. I, I, I didn't learn to speak English in school. <laughs> I already spoke English by the time I went to school. Wait, so if she got her education from Hollywood, how come she's alt-right? Right? Oh, because she was uniquely wise. She was just uniquely smart. She could see through the BS. You know, the normies, they're just not smart enough. They're just so gullible. They evolved to be gullible. But I'm the exception. I'm so smart and wise. I see the fault lines in Western civilization. I know, you know, the hell that lies ahead. But uh, she got her education through Hollywood, and now she's right wing. Okay, so maybe she didn't get her education from Hollywood. You know, maybe she's not just uniquely smart and gifted and able to see through the nonsense. Manitoba card not recognized as valid ID in liquor marts. Oh, the humanity. What kind of crazy world is it where some indigenous identification card is not recognized as valid ID to purchase liquor? So aren't there a lot of indigenous reservations and communities where liquor is forbidden? I believe there are for our indigenous people here in Australia. Well, I've just watched a lot of Cartoon Network, and that's, that's how you get it. Um, and I was educated at this, this very, very um, interesting institution coming all the way from the center of the empire. Um, and... This is an iron grip that I don't see uh, America losing anytime soon. Okay, so America's in iron grip of the left, and uh, Alex Kashuda, the host, she was in this iron grip of the left. She was programmed, she was indoctrinated by Hollywood, and somehow she turned out all right and all right. So if she could do it, you know, why couldn't everyone else? Like, the left has dominated education for many, many decades, and yet people are still about as likely to vote for Republicans as they are for Democrats. So somehow the, the brainwashing hasn't really taken very strongly. And that's why I agree with you in a sense. I feel like the empire is much, it's much stronger in many ways than people give it credit for because... Okay, so here's an alt-right person talking about how strong the empire is, how strong the indoctrination is, how strong the propaganda is, and yet she's living proof she's alt-right, must not be very strong. She claims that she was indoctrinated, brainwashed by Hollywood, and yet she's alt-right. So how strong was this brainwash? How strong are these left-wing institutions? How strong is the empire if she can see through the BS and she doesn't buy into this you know, left-wing empire?
you know, this, this is, you know, everyone watches Netflix. You know, this is the software that people around me are running. Um, oh, so you watch Netflix and that turns out to be the software that you're running. That's nonsense. We didn't evolve to be gullible. Right? Guess what? You can watch some Netflix and it's not going to have any discernible significant impact on your choices in life. It's not going to turn you into a homosexual if you're not already inclined in that direction. It's not going to turn you trans unless you're already inclined in that direction. It's not going to turn you an atheist unless you're already inclined in that direction. It's not going to turn you into a participant of BDSM unless you're already inclined in that direction. Right, this is like the zombie bite theory of information, that people just get bitten by a particular piece of information, whether it's you know an alt-right podcast, that's what the left warns about and people get radicalized on YouTube now the right is warning oh people are getting radicalized to the left on, on Netflix right? and, and they're both buying into this zombie bite theory of, of information where people just you know, they just get the old Netflix right they just get a little bit of Netflix in them and uh, they can't handle it and it just you know completely changes their brain it uh, you know just turns into some kind of amoeba starts eating their brain they're no longer capable of independent thought. They're just helpless in the face of Netflix. Netflix just uh, takes over their central nervous system, completely changes their life. Every year this headline, including 2023, Woke, Gold with Lobes, gets crushed in the Nielsen ratings. Remember when, when the alt-right, this isn't right, was fun and exciting and new and innovative and surprising? It's, and I'm sure that, you know, probably Bulgaria is the same and whatever, Serbia is the same. And, you know, these strange faraway places that probably most people in America not necessarily haven't heard of, but don't know anything about, don't know one little factoid about. Uh, it's just, yeah, we are running the same same ideas. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing about tyranny that most people don't understand is that... So what ideas are you running from Netflix? I'm not conscious of running any ideas from Netflix and I've watched probably over a thousand hours of Netflix programming. I've been subscribing to Netflix since about uh, 2007, right? I'm, I'm not aware of you know, Netflix ideas running my operating system, but maybe I'm gullible. Maybe you can point out to me you know, which specific Netflix ideas are running my operating system, and then maybe you can point out to me what are Netflix ideas. Like, what's distinctive about Netflix ideas? Can you share with me specific Netflix ideas? It comes in many forms. Most people, when they think of tyranny, they're going to think of immediately something like North Korea or China or something. They have no idea that soft tyranny is actually far more powerful and effective. If so we're living in, in a tyranny that is far more powerful and effective, apparently, than the Chinese Communist Party and North Korea. I mean, we have it so good. We have so many wonderful opportunities in addition to problems. Right, we live in such freedom and affluence, and all these people can do is uh, is complain and complain and uh, talk about how you know what we got is worse than the Soviet Union, worse than communist China, worse than North Korea. Can, it, it's one thing to force somebody to do something; it's something else entirely if you can persuade them to do it without them even realizing that they're agreeing to it. Yeah, well, guess what? Netflix and left-wing teachers aren't persuading people who aren't already persuaded in that direction. Right? The zombie bite theory of information doesn't hold up. You don't get a left-wing teacher and then turn into a raving homosexual or trans or a lefty or a woke activist unless you're already inclined in that direction. 
So, for instance, in America, you know, if Hollywood can pump out this movie or this TV series with great success called Modern Family, where you've got uh, you've got gays, uh, you've got uh, you've got all kinds of stuff, right? But one thing is common among all of them is that the men are weak. They're laughable. Uh, this kind of stuff, right? If you can, and, and then that that becomes an amazing success. And so people just think that that's 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 common. They're like, oh well, yeah, of course, you know, sure, I don't mind this. Yeah, so men just become weak because they watch Modern Family, right? Uh, Modern Family just takes over people's brains. Modern Family just reprograms people. And Modern Family just turns people gay, turns men effeminate, makes them weak because they have no defenses because they're just so gullible. They just believe everything they see on Modern Family and they think, oh, this is the way that I should be operating because they're not capable of independent thought except for this bloke, Athenian Stranger, and the host, Alex Kashuda, they see through the BS. They're capable of independent thought, but the normies, they're not capable of watching something like uh, American Family without immediately getting infected by you know, woke values. You never think for one moment uh, that it could lead to something like uh, the demand uh, that children you know, go see, what is it, the, the training shows? I forget what they call those, whatever the, the training. The drag, drag queen story. Yeah, 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 like the drag queen story are. Uh, they never realize it could lead to that, right? I mean, the, the slippery slope is, in fact, real. But not, all of these things didn't happen overnight. Guess what? Kids can watch Drag Queen Story Hour and it's not going to turn them gay or turn them into a wokey. It's not going to necessarily irreparably damage their lives. All right? Most kids can see Drag Queen Story Hour and have you know, very little, if any, discernible effect. Right? People did not evolve to be gullible and just be, you know, programmed by you know, drag queen story hours and by, you know, liberal media and, uh, you know, lefty public school teachers. Right? The, these things have been around for a long time, and yet most people who are predisposed to be conservative are still conservative. It's what needs to be emphasized, sort of like what you were pointing out, you know, going back to the 60s. Uh, I mean, we could go back even further, really, at least in America, we could go all the way back uh, well, I mean, I guess you could go back to the late uh, 1900s, late 1800s. I mean, uh, but, but really, I mean, this, this stuff has been going on for a very long time. And even at the highest levels, right? I mean, we have these presidents who were former uh, presidents of colleges, right? I mean, they were thoroughly Hegelian. Well, anyway, I don't want to Oh, man. Such a shame that we don't have thoroughly Hegelian uh, presidents of the United States. I mean, if only we had more presidents of the United States who used to be presidents of colleges and universities and we're all Hegelian and stuff, man, then we would be so much better off. Oh, man, wish we were in the good old days. Hey, kids, get off my lawn.